plot. Butterflies are free. 1972. All Don Baker wants is a place of his own away from his overprotective mother. Don's been blind since birth. But that doesn't stop him from setting up in a San Francisco apartment and making the acquaintance of his off-the-wall. Liberated. Actress neighbor Jill. Don learns the kind of things from Jill that his mother would never have taught him. And Jill learns from Don what growing up and being free is really all about. Voice over off. When you're blind and watching movies, what will you find? A blind superhero whose superpowers are acting like he's not blind. A sighted actor overdramatically touching people's faces. And maybe the whole joke is that they're bumping into different places. A spectacular. Welcome to Citizen White Cane. This is a podcast where we are the unpaid interns of diversity consulting. Um, I'm Sky McLeod. I'm Melissa Bucta. That was good. That was a good yeah, one. Yeah, I know. It's it's very. It's not, I don't know if it's topical, but it's it's relevant. I don't know. Yeah, it works. I liked it. <laughs> yeah, and so today we are talking about um, butterflies are free. Right. It was your week to pick the movie. And yeah, you, this is the one you chose. Yeah. So that's super duper exciting. Yeah. And um, I had actually not, even though I picked it, I had not seen it. My mom, when we, when I told her we were doing this podcast or like early on, she was just like, I really want you guys to watch this movie because it was a movie I saw back in the day and I would love to know what you guys think of it. Oh, really? So you hadn't seen this? No, no, I oh, hadn't seen it. No. I, okay, I thought you'd seen it before. No, okay, no, cool, no. Cool. Yeah, so this was my first time seeing it. Oh, but, wow. Um, yeah, it's definitely, um, it was It was cool. I, I was surprised because it's like 1972, so... Um, I don't know. I I would love to know kind of your, um, you know, kind of starting take, but I felt like it was pretty, um, just kind of like not offensive for 1972. You know, like I was surprised that it, it felt like more in a way more genuine than some stuff that has come out more recently. Oh yeah. I mean, I don't necessarily think... Well, I'm not going to say like you could make the same exact movie today because you couldn't, but it was it was incredibly grounded, incredibly grounded and incredibly realistic. I think this is the most besides the documentary. This is the most grounded, realistic thing we've watched. I'm always bringing the realism here. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, the mother is is a bit of can is a bit of a caricature in the beginning. And Jill kind of herself is a little bit in the beginning right but uh, uh dan don i always want to call him daniel but his name is don donnie don, but don. don uh don our blind character is the probably the most real and grounded through the uh through the entire thing yeah and we should mention this movie is based on the play of the same name the stage play yes Butterfly, butterflies are free and so uh, this definitely, and this is one of the, the things that surprised me, because this movie feels like a stage play. I mean, it practically is. There's two locations. Yeah. Three. Three locations. Their apartment, the restaurant, and the clothing store. That's it. 
that's all of san francisco that you see right and the play actually takes place in new york city so they changed it for the movie but it's not really clear why no and it felt like new york city and that's where i thought we were for the beginning until one of the characters says san francisco and i was like oh we're in san francisco okay whatever it makes no difference though you you do see like a hill at some point at the very beginning there's kind of a montage of people walking around in the streets and when i saw the hill i was like oh we're in san francisco okay i didn't (laughs) i did not notice the hill and i just saw the people and i was like oh obviously we're in new york city yeah i mean it's very like because it's the 70s so there's a lot of hippiness but san francisco i mean you could it, it felt kind of like in some ways like oh some yeah I, when, vibes. yes i mean when they go in the clothing store you you're oh, absolutely yeah. in very, san francisco yeah 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 and the the gentleman at the clothing store who helps them out you're in san francisco but on, that's not important it could be the story could be told in new york in san francisco in any major city yeah and yeah it's i mean because it is kind of i was saying before we started recording kind of weirdly as quarantine goes on weirdly quarantine um appropriate and said so much of the movie takes place just in one apartment well the opening scene uh i as i was watching i clocked the opening scene at 25 minutes before they leave the apartment to go to the the clothing store so and that's when it hit me i was like oh Oh, yeah, this is definitely a stage play. Absolutely. Because that's that's how a stage play would how some stage plays work or a straight play. Uh, but I was never bored and I, I was never looking at my watch going, oh, my God, are we done yet? When are we going to be done? Because I mean, everybody has very interesting things to say, very real things to say even though it was a play the dialogue didn't feel stilted either. It just felt it feels yeah, it real. feels very real. Um it is definitely um, kind of like because I want to say that it, it felt very quarantineous because I feel like there is to some extent like when you're making art there's a sense right now of just like feeling very trapped and, and the amount of like actually engaging stories you can tell feels very limited and so I thought it was kind of cool to like see a good example of the ability to tell a story that takes place in you know kind of what we all have access to right now three locations <laughs> yeah and 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 really the two other locations are one scene each oh yeah so yeah they're very yeah. limited that they're even in those places mm-hmm. too oh no this uh, this movie takes place in don and jill's apartment which is two apartments connected by a door yeah that used to be uh locked but through the course of the movie is unlocked so that they have access to the entire thing right uh let's see so so our characters, there's not very many of them. <laughs> yeah, we have four. Four, in- including the store attendant. Oh, we have you five then, because there's also um, the the boy, the other guy at the end of the movie. Oh, Ralph! I, f- I yep. f- forgot about him. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Okay, so we have uh, we have Don, right? Who's blind? Who's the blind? Yes, who's yes. a blind person? Uh, totally blind. And we have Jill, who is the girl next door. Right, literally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. And figuratively. <laughs> literally and figuratively, yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, played by Goldie Hawn. Yes. A v- very cute, adorable, bubbly Goldie Hawn, but also very real and, and grounded and natural when she needs to be, when she when the scene calls for it. Yeah, she kind of, she plays kind of a very ditzy, um, like... 19 year olds which okay that no is very no 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 she said she's 19 she's like oh i'm only 19 i'm like 
bitch, you she's are not, not 19. She was 27, I think, or something in the movie. She something must around have, there. Yeah, she had yeah. to have been because, yeah. She does not look like she's she 19. She <laughs> acts like a 19-year-old. Right, exactly. She's a very convincing, well, obviously, she's a very convincing actor as a 19-year-old, but yeah, there's no Yeah, there's it no is way. kind of funny because when she, because it's true that it wouldn't make, if she was 25, then it would feel wrong like the character you would have to change the character to make her older yeah <laughs> so well, and then, well, and then this, it's kind of funny the blind the blind guy is only supposed to be what a few years older than her and i mean he could play her father basically i is it like but not i mean not really not like, i mean they don't look that different in age no because yeah. they both look too old for the character they're yeah, playing yeah yeah which which makes like the love scenes bearable because i'm like okay good i don't have to watch a a 40 year old make out with a 19 year old i don't want yeah i didn't think he was that old looking no 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 i'm i mean i'm exaggerating a little bit but yeah no i feel like they both seem fairly um around like both seem like they're in their late 20s to me i didn't actually look at how old he was when um the movie came out i would but yeah, I would buy that, that they're in their late 20s. But, yeah, so they're, um, we start the movie kind of like with, we kind of follow Goldie Hawn at the beginning of the movie. Right, as she's coming home and she's wearing three hats and two coats <laughs> and she has a giant weird handbag. So we know this character is eccentric. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was one of those things where I kept thinking, like, why... What was the point of that as a character introduction? <laughs> like, well, I, I didn't. Think it didn't fully click with me. It, I it kind of worked for me. It, it kind of. It, it, but you know, this is it's visual language. It it implies that oh, she is different. She is inset. She's eccentric. She goes against the mold. She does her own thing. Right, but it is kind of. Yeah, I mean the fact that she because she's wear she takes off like. 10 layers of clothing and and it's just kind of like she has like a, a Russian nesting doll kind of outfit where it just well, you know, keeps she, taking things off. Yeah, she could have been coming from her favorite thrift store. She Maybe she just bought all that stuff that, and didn't have a bag or they didn't have bags and she just carried it home like she that. She might have. I feel like we see her like maybe shopping. I'm trying to remember because at the very the beginning is the one of the few scenes outside of the um, apartment. And where she's going around and um, buying, like, or no, she's, we don't know what she's doing. Um, wait, wait, I just don't remember what she's doing at the beginning. Because a lot of it is, okay, at the beginning, a lot of the scenes are just, uh, the shots are just people in San Francisco walking around. Right. So I we mean, don't, we kind of meet her later on. Yeah, this is all, this is all establishing stuff. She's right. coming, she's coming home. She walks all over her apartment so we can see her apartment basically um and establish that it's there uh but we don't we only get to see her apartment for like the first one time because it's this story takes place mostly in his um right right and she's like she's a mess she well mm. maybe part of her having all that clothes was she puts it all on the bed and so it makes it seem like because part of her character thing is she just just like very flighty but like messy like specifically messy because she like keeps referring back to the fact that her room is a mess like that comes up like multiple times in the movie (laughs) it's a big plot point she's uh she's bohemian i guess if yeah i would describe yeah she's bohemian so she comes home and we hear this lovely guitar 
music playing. And at first I thought, oh, it's the soundtrack or she's listening to the radio or something. Uh, it's not technically. It's Don. Uh, he is a blind musician. Right. And he has moved to San Francisco to try and make it. Right. Right. And as, I forgot as a musician. that. Oh, I forgot that we hear him like playing music at the mm-hmm. beginning. Um, but then the other thing during that time is she goes to um she's now wearing no clothes but right, a bra right. and under, yeah. like underwear. You you want to see Goldie Hawn in in nothing but a bra and underwear? It's Watch this, this movie. movie. Yeah. yeah, she's mm, I wouldn't say half, half of the movie, but at least I don't know 20 35% of the movie she's just in a bra and panties just hanging out. Yeah, she um, and, and that's kind of like when she takes off all of the clothes, she just has like a, I think she has a robe on. Yeah, she puts so a robe on. She yep. puts a robe on and then she like sees that, um, uh, Dawn is like standing right at the window and she assumes that he is like watching her basically. A, peep, um, a peeping Tom. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So she, so she flashes him. And, and then he just doesn't react. No, nothing. And, and that's she's like, what's happening? Yeah. And, and that's your first kind of note that like, oh, there's something there's something different about this character. And I wonder if the stage version has this scene. Because I mean, obviously the stage version and the film version are gonna be different. But I wonder if this if this scene it feels like this scene is added really just for the film. Why why do you see that? Because the the I'm if I were staging this Right throw it out there the main set is his apartment the interior of his apartment and maybe the set would have the ability to become the a clothing store if we if we went there or maybe in the play she just has all those clothes and she brings them uh, brings them to him and try you know tries she make tries makes him wear them and they he finds his like style or something and maybe they don't even go to the to the uh thrift shop because film in film you can go anywhere you don't have to stay in one room, but in a you know in right. the theater version you would. So I'm I'm guessing. The, well, normally you wouldn't have to stay in one room. True. Yeah. Some <laughs> some theater productions you go all over the place. But oh well, no, I mean film right now you have to stay. In oh one yeah. Room. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. So yeah, I can't really make any comparisons because obviously I haven't read the play, but I'm very much want to read the play and compare. Yeah. Well, because I feel like that's. I mean, it, that makes sense, and I'm just coming from the film. Like, like perspective but like just to as an establishing like it's kind of it's a cute like subversion of of a certain like trope that like and it's also a funny way to introduce a blind character I feel like just because it is kind of the blind character coming up against the weird assumptions of sighted people (laughs) which happens a lot in this movie (laughs) yeah there's a lot of that's a big big theme of the movie yeah um but i i don't know i thought it i i thought it was cute um yeah it was funny it was it was it was a funny joke um but and that basically gets these uh the two characters to meet um because he is uh, trying to have a, a phone conversation. Their walls are paper thin, basically, right. because all that separates him and her is a door. Uh, and so he is trying to have a phone conversation and she is playing her radio too loud. Well, because he starts having a phone conversation and is yelling. Right. And so she then later on turns mm-hmm. on the conversation after listening to the mm-hmm. conversation for a little bit. And the conversation is with his mom. Right. Um, who is a very 
overprotective, <laughs> um, like just kind of needing to. She's very well to do. Right. That's part they, of her character. He, yeah. They they come from money. Don comes from money, and she, you know, he's her son, and he's blind, and she doesn't think that he can make it on his own, and right. she wants him home. Yeah. So she can watch over him. Right. Well, and I think, yeah, it is kind of like, it's interesting. I don't know. I feel like that's, I think, something that's um, like maybe a common trope, but I feel like a very relevant one when we talk about disability, because I think there's still this like assumption that disabled people never have independence. Well, yeah. And like that you're we, kind of like, inf- like kind of infantilized sort of bas- like that you yes, just never get yes. to grow up basically. Well, that, that, and we just cannot function in this world. We right. cannot, we cannot function in normal quote unquote normal society. Right. And that's the other thing is he even talks about, and this is the play is based off of an actual person who, who was a lawyer. Um, and whose name is um, Hal Kritz, I believe. Um, so this, so it is kind of like, um, you know, kind of, which I think part is part of why I felt like it was pretty. It felt pretty genuine and realistic, like because it is based on a real person. Um, and um, though the real person like went to Harvard and is a lawyer and also went to Oxford, um, so so kind of someone who was able to, um, you know, I'm sure probably also with money if you went to those two schools. Um, <laughs> kind of be able to get a real profession but part of it is that he um can't like that he has he talks about having a lot less options for like the jobs he can get and like kind of and I mean I think it also is I kind of like that it, it shows that that power dynamic of you have dependence on parents when you don't have the same ability to like you know you just don't have the same access to societal like privilege basically right whereas Jill yeah no exactly whereas Jill is coming from a world where she uh, has had been married to uh, one person for six days and then left because you're 19 because you're 19 holy shit she got married at 16 Uh, oh yeah she got married at 16 right and then left him you're 16 anyway she should be getting married yeah no, uh, but she comes from a family. Uh, f- she basically has a real a biological father and then three stepfathers and a mother whom she can't really depend on. It sounds like there's there still might be maybe a relationship with right. with the mo- with her, Jill's mother, but yeah, there we don't. Isn't. We kind of only get hints into like what's going on with the mom. She marries a lot of guys, and it, she seems like because she talks. Uh, Jill talks about how she became a hippie to like make her mom mad but then her mom was like oh i like this and then she started <laughs> taking like uh like adopting that style and so she was like well this is pointless if she's not gonna like <laughs> well and then yeah and then the joke is that jill tried to become a young republican yeah and yeah that just didn't take and she it was all. like that's not a real thing <laughs> because that, this is the line specifically she's like but that t- it turned out that there's no such thing <laughs> both i mean both characters are essentially in the story searching for freedom right and that's where the name comes in the movie comes in too butterflies are free which is kind of like something that um is part of the movie it's one of those movies where they say the name of the movie well it's it's it comes from a dickens quote uh, uh the quote by charles dickens right 
which Jill likes, but then she quotes it as Mark Twain, mm-hmm. which is kind of a common problem with the internet as well. <laughs> that quotes just get misattributed to Mark Twain. Um, uh, so this is proto Mark Twain quote, Kate. Um, <laughs> but uh, so she, um, but. But he knows it's Dickens because he's like learned of the. This is the second character that's like I read more than everyone else. Well, if <laughs> in you, a row. If you think, <laughs> uh, sure. I mean, but if you think about where he comes from, you know, he comes from money. He comes from a place right. where he can have all of this access. Like he can, he has access to braille books because he can get them. Right. Uh, and he, which we don't really, we don't have like a, a contrasting character in the relationship to braille books, but mm-hmm. we have kind of i guess the contrasting character of jill who like is does isn't as red like kind of it's kind of like a street book smart kind of dynamic that they have in a way yeah yeah and she he teaches her and she teaches him in in different ways yeah and and part of it is that she like at the beginning is very I thought I I actually found it very funny, but she like cannot handle the idea of him being blind. Oh, I know that whole the whole first scene is just her going round and round and round and round about him being blind because more than likely Jill has never uh, met somebody like that. Right? Because why would she? And Don has never met someone like Jill because why would he? If his mother is controlling right because everything mom that he does is very like. Um, well, he kind of has met someone because they're part of his backstory right. is that, that that a different woman was the who kind of we get a sense is similar to Jill, like in a lot of ways. Um, mm-hmm. Linda, Linda, yeah, yeah. Linda. Um, and she is like kind of opened his eyes to like being more independent. Oh, huh, I guess open his eyes is a bad <laughs> metaphor, but um, she was she was his first love. Right. And kind of, but also like the person who got him to kind of, I guess just kind of like that, you know, kind of college age, like breaking out of the kind of more child position where you're kind of then then kind of exploring adulthood with Alan. Right. Kind of. Right. She, she brought him into adulthood. She, she gave him he says at one point she gave him the confidence right he says that and it's yeah it definitely feels because he says stuff about like and this is i guess the age of the hippies but like different things that she did was like taking him to parties and like um i don't know he lists off a but it, it definitely i i mean i i, I like that though because it was this kind of like he is so self-assured too like as a character which was i thought was really nice because you didn't have to like watch someone be like oh wait i like am still a good person <laughs> you know like, right was, right and then and then when he me. yeah and then when he takes that turn near the end and decides well we'll get there but it makes this makes a decision um it's amazing how these how many facets to these characters there there are because you think you think the mother is just going to be one note and she's not yeah and you think Don and Jill might be one note. You think Jill might be one note, and she isn't. Right. They are very... And they feel very genuinely... Like, they feel kind of, like, over-the-top versions of very real people, you know? (laughs) Like, because in some ways they are, 
like heightened from what that kind of personality would be like they but in a way that doesn't feel disingenuous it just feels kind of like a way of heightening the comedy and drama of it um which I I like yeah I like that because it's not um because sometimes when you do heighten character things it just you heighten to a point where it no longer feels like well, real this, this film this film was classified as a comedy and it, it is. I there are funny moments, uh, and there there were definitely moments where I was chuckling, and the situation that the characters got into is funny and cute. Uh, but this, oof, I mean, this movie has drama. It is well on Wikipedia. Yeah. It says it's a drama comedy. Oh, yeah, which so, it yeah, didn't dramedy. say. It's, yeah, yeah, it didn't say dramedy because I guess that was before that portmanteau. Which Wikipedia is not before dramedy was a portmanteau, probably, <laughs> but I guess maybe when it was released. But yeah, it's it is it was a drama it's totally comedy. A, it's a dramedy, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I I really like those those sort of stories. I if you make yeah. me laugh and ingratiate me in the beginning, then when something incredibly heartbreaking happens or you want to have drama. I'm with you. I it's earned. I used to say that until I was like, no, I will not watch. I just don't care about things that aren't dramedies. I was like, <laughs> I was like, I really love this. Turned into no, this is the only way to make media. You can't if you're not. I don't like things that are just one or the other. I've put my foot down. I'm only a dramedy person because it's well, just it's, it's real. That's what life yeah. is. Yeah. Well, and it's like <laughs> it's like a. Um, Scrubs, I think, is is one of the sh- uh, show that demonstrates this the best. I mean, because it is a comedy, and in and every almost every episode, it is essentially a comedy. But then you turn around, and I mean, the show is set in a hospital, and it's doctors, so obviously some people are going to die or get hurt, right. and something happens, and they have these beautiful, wonderful, poignant moments or these incredibly sad moments. But everything feels completely earned. Yeah, and that's absolutely how I felt with this sh- with this movie. And I got a little worried with Danny, Danny, Don, Don, Danny. Right, because he, in the movie, says he doesn't want to be called Danny. Donnie. 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 Oh, my God. And I knew I was going to say Danny. I told myself, I was like, don't say Danny. His name is Donnie. Did we have a Danny? Yeah. Wasn't wasn't Blind Dating Danny? that's his name, Danny. Which it is Mm -hmm. kind of, that is kind of annoying in that, like, those two movies are probably the most similar. I wonder, (laughs) they almost... it makes you wonder think, if there was some like kind of influence. See, I think blind dating is more of a straight up comedy, romantic comedy. There, there is stakes and things yeah. and things happen, but it is not a drama. It never gets anywhere near. Whereas this, especially towards the end, is a drama. It, there are dramatic elements. It definitely feels more era specific i think oh the yeah two movies do yeah. like i think i feel like this felt more like the kind of um y- yeah the kind of a comedy film in the 70s it, it, well such that like the only the only real things that kind of raised my hackles a bit as far as the relationship between dan uh, don and jill is uh she I mean Jill comes in announces herself they have they have the whole scene together where she's picking apart him being blind basically and and then then they're in love or he's in love essentially with her with her and she is likes him very much I'd say even loves him but is terrified of of commitment because she has right. baggage yeah she's definitely 
it's interesting and there i want to kind of like go through and remember what the different um things that she is bothered by because i feel like that was really fun but to like because she comes up with all these diff- there's like a lot of beats to that scene so i think oh, it yeah, might be it's, it's great oh okay well so it starts the whole thing starts off she obviously comes in and doesn't know he's blind because he like any blind person knows where he lives right exactly I, yeah i yeah. can walk around my house without a cane in pitch darkness and know exactly where i am yeah definitely easy you know yeah um so he obviously is doing that he knows where everything is placed because he placed it and so they have their cigarettes and are talking and she happens to notice that he is putting his cigarette ash on the table just casually like whatever well, she grabs she the, the ashtray mm-hmm. she moved the ashtray so she makes a comment oh my god you're you're a bigger slob than i am you just want to put your cigarette ashes right there on the table and and then he asked about the you know well did, like, you, did you did you move, move the ashtray, ashtray? She was like, yeah, of course I did. What, are you blind? And he's like, yeah. I was like, oh, here it comes. Here it fucking comes. Yeah. yeah. But I, I just like that that's a conversation I've had so many times of just being like, yeah. And then people are like, well, what do you mean? I'm like, I'm, I'm blind. I don't know. What, do you, what do you mean? What do you mean? Like, yeah. yeah. I feel like it's pretty self-explanatory. Usually, yeah. Usually it's when I can't, when I have to reveal that I can't read something, a sign or a menu or something. Right, right. But I, I like that because he's just like, yes. And then mm-hmm. I, I feel like she's like, what is, I'm trying to remember exactly what she's she absolutely kind of bowled over by the fact that he is a person who cannot see and he's living on his own and he has a home and he, because he tours the entire apartment. She's like, how do you know what like, anything this is? This is my fridge. This yep. is my table that's also a bathtub. This <laughs> is my couch. This is my bed and it's up, which that bed i would not ever have that bed oh like, I, I know i'm like you are you sir are a very confident blind person because yeah. there's no fucking way it because it's like a top bunk it's not it's not the bed that scares me it's not the height that scares me it's not even falling out of the bed that scares me it's the ladder i can't right, deal right. with That's the ladder the scary thing yeah yeah i don't i mean like ladders are terrifying Just and to these get guys down is scary. yes and Just these guys up. these guys climb that ladder like fucking monkeys for the entire thing it's it's funny it is it is very i'm like (laughs) oh my god and he's like they're like what if you fall out of the bed and he's just like what i'll climb back anyone can yeah that's exactly i'll just climb back in (laughs) but he's also just like i I feel like he says something about how like you don't need to be like people who can see (laughs) could also (laughs) fall out of the bed yes yes he does that's that's what he says yeah 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 you don't have you he says you you can be sighted and fall out of the bed right right which is true if you're like sleeping then Mm -hmm. it doesn't really it actually is irrelevant (laughs) if you can see or not (laughs) Um, You're in equal danger of that. Yes. Uh, oh, they talk about reading and his ability to read. Right. She's like, well, how do you do that? Braille. I love how casual he is about it's about so everything. Funny. It's really funny. He's just Braille. It's really <laughs> great because it's like you, because it does make it, it's kind of like the idea of the unusual character. Like, and the, the, you know, for lack of a better term, straight man person um, that he is just completely the or voice of reason is well yeah like. that's that's where the comedy comes from right it, it, that, you know. but that he as the blind person in that scene is like very 
squarely voice of reason and she's definitely the one who's the unusual person of just being like that she cannot understand this it's just like very much ridiculous that she would that that this is so hard for her to understand but in a very it's it's funny funny. it's funny because i i wanted to to feel kind of offended and be like well why wouldn't and I, I don't know I just couldn't well because I I, I I feel like it was really I really liked it because you because you're very it's the movie's asking you to relate to him not her in that scene and the comedy is coming from her behavior and so like the because if he was um you know either offended or because I the fact that he's just sitting there very patiently answering. <laughs> like each question and just being like this is a very easy to understand thing but I'm just going to calmly continue to like explain to you what reality is (laughs) and and just like and I think it's also nice because you get like all of them didn't feel that unreal like the kinds of like I'm like kind of everything she says someone has said to me at some point like (laughs) absolutely I've had this I've had parts of this conversation multiple times with people right right and so the fact that you like because just regulating your emotions in those moments is is not always like easy and so to be able to like watch someone who is just like who is just so like sturdy in like like here's where reality is and i'm just gonna w- let you be come to that just point. very yeah just just very at home and confident in his in his, in his surroundings right right which, which, which is why is the nice. yeah which is why the conversation with the mother in the car with her and, the, and his mom is really interesting because she the mother brings up the fact that oh you've only seen him where when he knows what's going on when he is in his element right, when his he's at com- home her yeah. conversation with Jill with Jill yes yeah. you've never seen him like I have when you drop him in a new place and he panics right which is really it's yeah I mean that's, that's such, a, such an interesting that's a that's god that's so true I mean that's just absolutely it sounds like something my mom would say probably right. probably has said yeah it is it did feel like that's something my mom would have said like that it is it, it it this movie is so it is very real like there is so much stuff that feels like super realistically the concerns of the people in those positions and i think that like there's a cuz the mom is in some ways a caricature especially at the beginning of an overprotective mother but i feel like she her concerns are genuinely oh sure absolutely able parent concerns yeah yeah which is why it's so it was so wonderful and pleasant to, to see her character arc because yeah. she completely i mean obviously we're going to spoil this movie but she completely does a 180 yeah at, at the end of the movie which is like it's interesting and i wonder if yeah to kind of pinpoint exactly what because there's i think like the movement kind of um, says that Jill's monologue during that at the end of the car scene about um, Donnie is that's right, right? Yeah, Donnie. okay, yeah. or Don, Don, Don. Um, yeah. Oh, that is um, the my one of my uncle's names that I'm gonna remember. There okay, you go. Um, yeah. I got a mnemonic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but like he. Um, no, I lost. Right. So Jill gives a monologue about um, 
like the relationship that the mom has with Dawn and and the kind of like saying that that she is being um she's not like seeing him I guess is kind of the the gist of that monologue yeah she she says uh she says something along the lines of um you uh you're seeing with your eyes closed right he's he sees with his eyes open which is funny little reversal <laughs> which uh, <laughs> which absolutely like blind oh god blindsides the mom right because she because because she you can tell like in that moment the kind of realization of um what she's doing and like how it, it it's interesting because i i thought about like why having it coming from chill i feel like part of it was just like this this idea of kind of like seeing from a like external perspective like you know kind of like having a third party coming in and like because I think when you kind of get deadlocked with someone um the assumptions about the person that you're deadlocked with become who they are and that's kind of what the movie talks about and instead of like the relation like actually being observant of what the person what they are what they are and (laughs) and what they are and what they could be and what they've become also yeah especially with parents that's a big Right. Because, the you know, his mom sees him as her as her baby, as the person that she made up these little children's books for. Right, have we talked about that yet? <laughs> no, Donnie Dark. Little is Donnie it? Dark. Little Donnie Dark. <laughs> the, the children's books that the mom has been writing about, um, well, not about a fictional character. <laughs> that is but about her son, who basically is, who is blind. Done, yeah. yeah, but in the books, Danny... F- Donnie. Donnie, I know it I'm is. I'm gonna do this the entire thing. It's hard because we have two. Yeah, yeah the two uh, movies. Donnie flies airplanes. He uh, does a oh does a bunch of other he things. Like the, plays the sports. FBI gives him an award or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. The president gives him an award or something. Yeah. So it's all of these really stupid stories about this blind kid who is just amazing and. And incredible and kind it, of a super crip narrative it, but like very to much, the extreme of like you couldn't like half of them you're like that literally there's just no way yeah like flying a plane it's like that's not it's not gonna happen well yeah. and he even i think don, uh don says at one point it brings up superman you know you're just making this superman right, story right, right. for me and we see at first it starts out as something that is annoying uh and and as a point of contention between don and his mother and at the in the end it become it almost becomes the point that unites them, right? This this not the not the the character, but the stories. The the kind of like just having that. She told those stories to him because he needed them at the time, and because she yeah, thinks you know them. she thinks he can do anything, and he should he she thinks he should be able to do whatever he wants to do. It's just really really hard for her. To let go, because yeah. in order to do that, he has to make his own mistakes and he has to fail. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it is interesting because there is like having written those, there's this kind of tension from the beginning of like if the message that she was trying to um, impart from day one was like you're capable of doing anything, then there is kind of like 
I don't know if this is like fully addressed, but there's an inherent tension in that and that she is so overprotective. I think because, I don't know, do they, I'm trying to remember if there's a thing. You can do, I feel it's, you can do anything you want as long as I'm there with you or somebody is watching you or over or overseeing you. Yeah. Though, I don't know if Little Donnie Dark had that as part of his narrative. We don't know. We just know no, his catchphrase know. Yeah, and the things yeah. that he, and the kind of ends of the books that Donnie, mm. like at one point, or Don at one point, um, lists off, um, which we were quoting with the planes. Right. But, um, but we don't really know that many more narrative things. But the catchphrase of, of Little Donnie Dark is... No one is more blind than those who choose not to see. Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah. Who no, no one, no one is more blind than than those who choose not to see. Yeah. yeah. So if yeah. if it's not the exact wording, it's that's. I mean, basically, you might as well just put a neon sign under that and like, oh, that's the theme of the story. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> then you have. It. <laughs> yeah, it is <laughs> the arc of of the two yeah. characters. Yeah, uh, Danny's mom. Donnie's mom. Don also. Don. Yes, thank you. Don. Don like to like uh dawning sun like the dawn. Perfect. Like it's day is the night is always darkest before the dawn, yes. except for it's not true, but um yeah, it's it's about how it's about how people see each other. Right, and kind of like the perceptions of a blind person or like a sighted perspective of what a blind person is capable of because both of them are kind of about capability and like that it kind of, I guess the moral is like you're limited by your um, perceptual holdups or like kind of the holdups that happen cognitively (laughs) more than you are in like the perception, like not getting as much perception perception it's a very scientific way of saying that so i don't really know if that's that's the best way to say that but like you you basically that you um are limited more by uh like preconceptions i guess than than like actually just not having vision which is true I mean, it's not a bad moral. <laughs> it's better than the ones where it's like, blindness will make you kill people. <laughs> oh, yeah. No. Yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah. I would, I would I would, take this over the film blindness thousands and thousands of times over. Yeah. No, this is definitely one of the better morals of the story. Um, yeah. Because, yeah, I think it is an important thing to, to remember um, that, like, what you are capable of perceiving does not is kind of in like independent from um your ability to even just understand the world like that those two things are not necessarily connected like you can understand the world very well without with less perception and you can really not understand the world with like a lot of perception sometimes having more vision makes you more dumb about the world because you trust your vision too much which is my idea about that but um <laughs> there you go yeah yeah well and at one point um he explains to jill about shadow vision yeah which i thought was interesting because i was like uh oh you mean spatial awareness right <laughs> which is basically what you're talking about but i guess they had to give it a, a cool name or something but yeah yeah but he 
uh, he talks about having shadow vision, being able to perceive objects in space, even though he can't see them. Because if you're in a room and you close your eyes, sound waves bounce off of things. Yeah, that's, and also just if you know a place, you can have it memorized Right, too. you can feel the presence of a, of a dresser without having to see it because it takes up space. Uh, if you're walking, it's it's like when you're walking down the street and you walk past a line of cars that are parked on the side of the road. The air, the sounds sound different because you know the cars are there. Yeah. They just, you can feel the space that they take up. I don't know. That's having, for some, I am someone who has sensory perception, so that's the best way I can explain it. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's. Or spatial awareness. Sorry. Spatial awareness. Spatial awareness. Yeah. And it's something that I was trying to fully get because having the kind of vision I have is all spatial awareness. Like my vision is just basically meant for spatial awareness. Then that's its number one function. <laughs> like it's only function basically. Um, so, so for me, I was like, I, I just have like, you know, like, main vein like spatial awareness from vision so I was I couldn't fully even wrap my head around it in a weird way because like that is what I use my vision for pretty much exclusively is spatial awareness but um yeah I think that just like the idea that it's it's kind of an extrasensory thing and they even make the joke that I always made about having um a blind fifth sense which is going off the incorrect notion that you only have five senses. Right, but. right. <laughs> but. Well, yeah, and they have the whole discussion about uh, how his senses are heightened. Not superhuman heightened, but uh, like heightened. realistically. Real, yeah, realistically heightened. Because a lot of the general. way he explains blindness is, yeah, is very real stuff. Because he talks about knowing the space, as we were saying before. He talks about being able to read Braille and, um, and like, even, like, memorizing things, too, is another, I think, blind-related. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. even just with reading things or other kinds of memorizing and um, counting steps to find places. I loved that right. he knew where... He was like, oh, there's a laundromat that's 40 steps from down from the apartment, which is something that I've told so many sighted people, like, where something is, because I'm like, I need to know where this is. (laughs) Whereas you just might just be, like, not paying attention, because she doesn't realize. Yeah, because she doesn't know. She's like, what? I've never seen that before. And it's like, yeah, no, I'll prove it to you. (laughs) You know, 40, you know, and then then I can get to the delicatessen and just, yeah, yeah, to, to know to know your neighborhood to have everything to have everything laid out you know in your head i mean that's which is such a blind person thing Mm -hmm. i like i always blind people are the people i know the the only people i know where you go to a blind person's house and literally within like a half mile radius all the businesses know this person like and it's true where i live and then it's also true anytime i visit a blind friend (laughs) that you have a relationship with every barista in that like half a mile radius like that you just everyone knows who you are because you just are very like hyper it's hyper local you know (laughs) i yeah i grew up in uh subdivisions and neighborhoods so we really weren't super duper close to any um major retailing businesses now we were close to the to the movie theater that was the that was the closest thing to us was yeah it was the movie theater i grew up where you couldn't go i just didn't have a life Mm because i had to depend on everyone else to drive me because there was nothing in walking distance oh yeah no but yeah basically (laughs) yeah and then when i um moved to fairbanks 
it was it was a more like Don's situation in that I lived on campus, so I just knew the campus and I knew where everything was. Right. And it's a small campus, so obviously everybody knows everybody else. But yeah, and everybody knew me because I was the kid with the cane. Yeah, which that um, is a makes it a weird dynamic too mm-hmm. but he has a cane in this movie he does and and he does use it briefly uh because he <laughs> him and jill just fall so hard for each other in like that he trusts her enough to uh sight guide him to the to, store which, do you think it was because of their relationship because i was kind of like i was worried for him because oh, I was yeah. like, she's so ditzy of course no 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 totally no <laughs> and i'm like how many blind people has she sight guided but if you think about sight guiding and touch in general uh it is an incredibly intimate act it can be an incredibly intimate act and it is a bond between a blind person and a sighted person because you are literally she even uh he even says something about her being his cane you are literally that person's cane that's why i don't ever want to sight guide anybody because i don't trust myself enough yeah i would not either yeah no i'm the one who's going to be sight guided right but it is like and yeah it is I feel like if you don't, like, if you have a cane, you might still, at a time where sight guiding, weirdly enough, I feel like you see less sight guiding. I know, like, my grandfather, like, that's, he didn't even have a cane. He just used, my grandmother would sight guide him. Um, But I think there's also, like, to some extent, though, I think it can be an intimate thing. I think that's also, like, a functional thing right i guess you and it I, doesn't necessarily have to be yeah no i guess i should have changed my statement intimate in the fact that it's a it's a plot device in this story it's a trust thing I yeah it's maybe more what you mean yes thank yeah, you yeah, yeah it's 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 a it's a trust thing we are watching these characters learn to completely trust each other and it's interesting because I definitely read that is like he doesn't think through who he has to sight guide him. It's just if he's hanging out with someone, he'll make them sight guide him. Because <laughs> that's how I read it. I was like, okay, well, she's he's very ditzy. So he must just like always do that. He must always be like, oh, you're walking with me. I'll sight guide me. You know, like, but I don't, where, I don't know. Whereas, <laughs> you know, I'm not sure because he tells his mom about all these parties and friends that he has. And clearly he doesn't go to parties and he has no friends except for maybe the few musician people that he hangs out with so i don't think he gets sight guided a lot he is he is proving or he feels like he has to prove that he is independent so i'm not saying that he's he lets her sight guide him because he's lazy or but um yeah i it's it is it is a way to get the two characters to trust each other right i think that like i just say that because he does also have a cane so like in my imagination, yeah, that he would just, when he's with another person, he would do sight guiding and then he would right. be able to maintain independence by also having a cane. So like yeah. then, because he's, because she's like, why aren't you bringing your cane? So it is something that it felt like kind of he had a routine kind of, di- like, you know how when mm-hmm. you need to like, because I'll just always bring I'll always use my cane for everything because if I stopped using it for if I left the house sometimes without it I just would never use it and I feel like that's true for a lot of the blind people I know they either always use it or never use it because it's very hard to like so I feel like how I read it was that he just was like okay I will always use my cane alone and I will always get sight guided when someone's with me because it was just like he didn't 
think about it or anything. It was just like, oh, no, you're with me, right? You're coming with me, so you'll just side guide me. Yeah, yeah, why not? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're here. Yeah, and I guess coming with with me, like I, even though I'm, you know, I'll, I might walk with friends or, or whatnot, but uh, I will usually use my cane and won't – yeah, gets, I, and won't get I sight guided well. by anybody. I sight guide or I request or sometimes my because my friends know me, they will offer. And if usually if someone offers, I will take it because I don't I don't get to do it very often. And I can most of the time I can put my cane away. But um, usually it, uh, I will ask if it is a, a, a place I don't know that's super crowded, like going to a convention or something. Or uh, if I can't if it's I don't have any night vision. So if I really can't see. Um, in the dark, I'll ask for help. Um, Though the problem yeah. with that is, like, I always worry about um, cracks in the road because I did. Yeah, people are. Yeah. It's a lot harder to realize yeah. that. Well, and I mean, Goldie, Goldie Hawn did pretty good. Yeah, she, I was so surprised. She didn't let him crash into any walls. Yeah, I was. <laughs> or then, like, fall up scared. the stairs. <laughs> For him, um, just like, because she was very, like, the fact that she could not even, that she was like, oh, God, you're blind. And, like, she kept, because we didn't even fully finish that whole scene, but she, like, keeps being, like, see that, like, she keeps saying see in a sentence. Oh, right. I I went over to see my friends, or I'll see you later, or what do you think I look like? Or, you know, and just every single time, she it was, falls apart. She's like, oh, I'm so... Well, it wasn't even like, what do you think I... Oh, oh, right. Like, oh, mm-hmm. like a rhetorical question. Right, like, right. And because some of them, it is like she's just forgetting that he can't see. And then other times, it literally is just like a turn of... Like, the seeing her friends. It's like, that's literally has nothing to do with him. No, so no, what? no. It's not even making and, sense. Yeah, but, but that is... Yeah, no, but that is a reflection... It is really funny, and it's a reflection of a real person. I mean, yeah, I've yeah, had definitely. I've had people do that around me, and I'm and I love that he says, um, "You can," because no one wants to call him blind, and he's like, "You, you can, can say, say it. blind." It is it is a part of my vocabulary. You can say it, and I like that he also says like that he, she's like, "Oh, that's so sad," and he does the monologue that I always do, which is. I was born like this, and so I have no, I have no concept of the world being any different. There's no reason to be sad for me. This is just how my world is, and there's like, and and that was very nice to have someone remind, remind the <laughs> flighty character that that's yeah, if that's your reality, it's not, um, it's not a really that big a deal. But yeah, so that's um, that. That scene, we get to um, the when they go to the uh, thrift store, kind of like we have this. Yeah, this is what you were saying before the very San Francisco scene. Right, right. They're trying all uh, he, uh, she's getting him to try on all these really cool, really cool '70s clothes. Oh my God, that barrel of hats! Oh, <laughs> oh, so hats. are you kidding? I would have stolen all of those hats. And then the hat that he gets to wear. <laughs> Hello. It's yes. pretty, it is such a great hat. hat. <laughs> yeah. 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 So he it's like she's giving him all these different things to try on and the store clerk I think knows her. Yeah. Um yeah. and he is like helping them find clothes. And then um he keeps offering Don a mirror. Yeah. 
and well and what he offers him a mirror and then he's like oh it looks good like <laughs> you know like which is something i've done so oh, many times oh my god all the time all yeah all the time yeah. someone, <laughs> someone will be like oh can you hey look at look at what's going on over there and i'm like oh yeah okay whatever <laughs> It looks good. <laughs> it's a, yeah, yeah, I do that. So, cause it's just like, and it's so funny cause he does it to make, to just be like, okay, you know, like let's move on. <laughs> and then, it, but then the, it happens a second time where he's like, now look at this. How, you know, how does this look in the mirror? And then at this point, Don is facing in the wrong direction. <laughs> and so he does like the, like, oh, it looks good, but is not looking at all at the mirror. <laughs> And so that's when um, the clerk finds out that, or because he doesn't. Because Jill, Jill comes up and saves the situation. She's like, he's blind. Well, I think doesn't he, no, I think it's the clerk who says like, is he blind? Oh, and yeah. Then yes, he Don is like, he is and he can, uh, he can hear you. Yep. Yep. And then the, and then the clerk freaks out. <laughs> it's like, oh my God. Yeah. And then can't handle it. Which is, oh God, it's so it is funny and it, it is so real <laughs> because like, it's just it's it's it seems like so over the top well and but then it also feels well, he's, not even that over the top yeah because the clerk is the clerk is apologizing profusely you know i'm i'm so sorry i'm so sorry i didn't know i'm so sorry you know and it's like it's fine it's a misunderstanding it happens all the time it, it probably happens to Don all of the time. Right, and that's what I kind of like about his character is he is very just like... Eh, whatever. Yeah, and he's... I'm blind. It is... I am what I am. And, like, the ability to um, calmly... Like, because he's kind of, like, asked to educate. It's, like, the whole thing that people talk oh, about. Like, yes. you're constantly needing yes. to educate, mm-hmm. like, it's, it's our, abled people. Yeah, it's our job if an able person stops us on the street and asks about you or your disability or whatever it's your job as a disabled person to educate them right right and to that i say fuck that yeah um, but then you, it's also like a lot of situations where you don't have an option You're right like, right i'm now, just here if so. you if you catch me on a good day or you are a little kid or um not basically not an adult if you're not an adult <laughs> and not a complete asshole I'll talk to you. So after they go to the clothing store, they, like, get this whole outfit for him that he buys. Mm -hmm. And doesn't he get, like, a free hat? Oh, does he get the hat for free? I mean, yeah, I think I think I some think of it's so. for free. The hat, yeah. Oh, yeah, because the clerk, the, it looks so good at him. The clerk is like, eh, I can keep it. Yeah. It's on yeah. the house or something. Yeah. Because he feels, he's like, oh. <laughs> yeah, probably, most likely. <laughs> yeah. And he also, like, and then the... Um, Don asks, like, do you have any, <laughs> what, what is this? Oh, dirty term? books. Dirty, dirty books. He wants dirty magazines. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have, yeah, any, do you have any like dirty the, magazines? the only ones that don't come in braille, which apparently is a quote from the actual person. Really? Oh, that's cool. <laughs> that's super funny. cool. Yeah, wonder if yeah. they've gotten better now about that. Yeah. They, there, there is audio porn. Yeah, it's audio, terrible, definitely. but it, it it exists. Yeah, it's a what I heard is it was government like it was sanctioned like you that it has to be made. You have it it has to the blind Which people government our government I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but it's terrible. And uh, if you're blind and, and want it, it's a resource for you. 
Yeah, I mean it's important, but honestly, you could just the government. I don't think our government does that. It doesn't pro- see given not. all of its positions on sex and disability. Yeah, I would no, be very not. surprised. Honestly, I think you'd have better luck just listening to a really steamy audiobook. But you know, yeah, whatever. It's like I said, it's there if you want it. It's read by the most boring person, though. That's I mean, it's just lame. awful. <laughs> yeah, that's a real service that needs to exist a little bit more mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. but yeah so then they go to um the they go back and she since their apartments are um like connected by a locked door they like un figure out a way to unlock the door yeah he does because he can hear the mechanisms in the lock Right, yeah. Which is cute. Um, I I have never been able to do that, but it's cute. But it does feel like anytime I, like, work on things, it feels like so much of it's touching Mm -hmm. stuff. And, like, that's a big part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's very, when it is tactile and, and, yeah, there's just a lot of sensory information that you can get from that. So that that seemed, made sense to me. Mm -hmm. Um, But then they it's it's funny it's hard to remember the exact chronology just because it all takes place in one setting so a lot of times yeah. like different settings helps you think and, about the chronology and each scene is so long yeah and so many different things happen but so they unlock the door and this is when they're having a picnic because they yeah. he was going to take her to the beach but it's raining so she, well, he's like jokes because it's yeah. already pouring when he's yeah. like oh well we could go to the beach and she's like what <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. And then Jill, being flighty and bohemian, is like, let's have a picnic on the floor. <laughs> yeah, which is, I mean, okay, it's cute. It's cute. It's cute, and I like, because I like that he also, like, has to learn exactly where the picnic is. Oh, right. He has, she has to direct him so that she doesn't. So that he doesn't step on the picnic. Right, which is, I, I thought that was very cute because mm-hmm. it's like they have to keep coming back to that, that he learns exactly where the picnic is because it is one of those things where the comedy is in, like, the extra preparation of needing to do the counting the steps and, like, because I feel like in a not as tactful and more shitty portrayal you would have, like, the comedy is that it's on the floor and so he's just going to trip over things, right, you know? Right. Or, like, she doesn't say that it's on mm-hmm. the floor so he just falls and then oh so funny he can't see but like here it was just the like they're they kind of like work as a team but Mm -hmm. it's funny and that something that would be very easy for a sighted person to do it like just takes a lot more steps but there's like but it's in a celebratory way you know like (laughs) it's just like kind of a cute thing because it's I mean it's kind of like courtship stuff in a way of just like it is like a very kind of part of the flirtiness of their relationship and I don't know Mm -hmm. I thought that was that is a nice way of using blindness to instead of just ignoring you know obviously not ignoring it and really creating situations that are slightly harder for Mm -hmm. a blind person to navigate but then also still making it not feel oppressive (laughs) and feel more like just kind of like a a a fun thing that you know that even just like a sighted partner can join can be a part of in a way that's you know uh community building i mean yeah i mean not um a a disabled person and an able-bodied person can be in a loving supportive relationship just like a, a disabled person a disabled person or an able-bodied person an able-bodied person yeah it's it, you have to navigate things different you know some things differently 
but those relationships happen and and everyone has everyone has a right to find happiness and love well and i like that it's kind of like you know it's like if you are dating someone who's like very tall or very short you know like it's just something where it's like you're just navigating it it doesn't have to be like your different type of person that needs to view relationships differently which i think sometimes it's when it's problematic kind of feels that way of like well disabled people are people who you shouldn't be having relationships with or like they're just like a different species of human so it's inappropriate to have relations with them yeah they're too they're too different or too fragile or you well okay in some cases yeah they're it's they can be incredibly fragile but um your lives are just too different and you'll never find anything to relate You'll, you'll never be able to relate to each other on anything and that and that's kind of like something that the movie sort of explores in some ways that like um i mean we talked already about the you know the thing that the mom says about how he you haven't seen him when he's in an unfamiliar place um and i think that there's kind of other things with jill trying to i mean both at the beginning when she's like surprised that he's blind and is doing all this stuff (laughs) and freaking out about that um but then i feel like she kind of her arc yeah is figuring out how um capable he is but even in the car i feel like there's a little bit of um i don't know it's interesting because i feel like she still kind of has a sense of like i think that sense of surprise which i mean I guess we do see that is like definitely part of her character and we have seen that like that's already been very much demonstrated that she's so surprised by it so but I feel like when she talks to um to his mom about it she's like it's amazing that he is able to do all this stuff um and there is kind of a a little bit of like a othering almost I don't know like because I guess at the beginning it feels it's like it is othering but for like comedic effect and also like this is someone who might have like had all these misconceptions that were in her head and then are you know she's now trying to like now they're all just coming out at the very beginning but then by the time the car scene happens she's theoretically has like her arc is much more and she has a much better sense of him um but it still felt like sort of othering i don't know um if do you remember kind of like her whole monologue i mean in the in the case of othering every I don't I can't I guess I can't say every mother in the case of othering disabled parents are kind of already doing that to their to their children I mean you are when you if you are disabled in this world and you are born you are automatically there's a sticker on your back that says othered yeah because you are you are the other you are you are on the outside but it's about learning to adapt and accept and and as a person grows up and matures and changes and it's it's about learning to accept them for the way they are and letting them go and well letting them be free i mean and the and the butterfly in in a symbolic sense is a symbol about transformation 
you yeah, start you start as of butterflies. Yeah, you start as one thing and you end as another. And in this in the film and in the play, the characters all start as one thing and they end up as another. Though technically any story should probably well, be doing yeah. that. Well, yeah. Okay, <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, but. no, you're you're correct. You're correct about that, but I mean Jill uh Jill and Don fall in love uh or I would say a very very heavy like I mean so it is like a one day do you know that like reality show everyone was obsessed with for a second love is blind don't fuck that I got through two episodes of that and I was like I this is not for me I'm not a reality show person well I mean I'm not either (laughs) I'm I'm a reality show person but I enjoy competition like I want to see a bunch of people who are good at what they're doing compete at something i'm the other way around i don't really like reality shows but i'm like well it's gonna be really stupid because they're all (laughs) stupid so at least i want ones that lean into how bad it is (laughs) apparently apparently you should watch this other one called too hot to handle i've heard about yeah but the love is blind um one was what was my point with that um do you feel like you get um, quarantine like aphasia? Is that the right word? <laughs> can't remember things. Like your I brain mean, is just like I can't remember things in general. But I I, I think can. the quarantine is making it worse. <laughs> yeah, I can, and I feel like I'm really losing my ability to these days. Um, <laughs> but um, but the butterflies are free. People change. Love is blind. Oh Lord. Who knows? Um, she doesn't. I don't think Jill falls for Don because he's a blind person. Oh, okay. This is what I remembered. Okay. I remember when this. It's because they spend one day together. Yes. That so that's, was the thing. That's, I, that was the comment That's I was the make. thing. Okay. That's the thing that kind of sticks out for to me is like they spend one day together and we think, I thought that they were both head over heels for each other. Turns out sh- he is head over heels for her and Jill... Uh, likes him a lot, but is like seventies free love, very very free, and and we come to find out terrified of commitment. She's, I mean, then also felt like a real person, and I've known many of those people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, yeah, and I mean, and some people can have a one night stand and be good and whatever, move on, and some people equate a lot of emotion and emotional intimacy with with sex with being with somebody. Yeah, I mean, I think it's also just, like, I think there are people who are genuinely afraid of commitments. <laughs> and I think, because I think that that, like, the the monologue that Don has at the end about her... He, he calls her emotionally stunted. Well, yeah, well, he uses the R word, and that's mm-hmm. a slur, mm-hmm. so that's... Um, <laughs> I was like, oh, we're in, we're in the 70s. It is definitely. And I mean, granted, like, it is something that would have been different. Like, it just doesn't... It is different then that it just completely means something different, really, in that, like, you, that would have been something that wouldn't seem, um, like, offensive, because words But I also, I I also felt like he was being a a wee bit petulant, because he had fallen for her, head over heels, is willing to, to live with her, to do whatever, and she didn't see it that way, and he was kind of throwing a temper tantrum yeah it's hard because i kind of i think that's i think that is true definitely and so some of that felt 
wrong to me, but at the same time, I very much related to him because she was just sabotaging the relationship, and it wasn't, and it was definitely someone who was afraid of commitment, and like, and I have to admit, I have had many situations where I get very, very mad, because <laughs> I'm like, you'd like this person, or like, just, I, yeah. And I, I definitely, <laughs> I definitely cannot I'm not coming from a place of, of understanding as far as that stuff goes. So, oh, as far yeah. as like her fear of commitment, or well, and as far as relationships in general in the real world. Oh yeah, I mean I so. think that there it's definitely a real thing that people mm-hmm. are will kind of sabotage a relationship or just like if they feel like a relationship is getting cl- like close, they will just run away, and that's something that seems to happen so often oh yeah that I mean, it is surprising to me <laughs> yeah i mean because everybody because everybody has baggage everybody has their own deal and i think also know. like disabled people i don't know i think there's also like that triggers the commitment fear for a lot of people like the sense of like if you already are like well, i don't know who i want to be with then because like someone who's disabled it's like then it's like a choice you're making a choice you know <laughs> honestly I, I think it's because you're you're already in a committed relationship with your parents the, for the, for the, the most disabled part. people, yeah, your your a disabled person is, and you've had yeah. you've lived your entire life, and again and again, I can't speak for all disabled people, but you've lived you've lived your entire life with these people hovering over and making sure all of your needs are met and making sure you're you're protected and that nothing bad ever happens to you, and they build you up, you know, and they are never going to leave you, and and then. A lot of people, I mean, I was, in my experience, getting finally getting out of my parents' house and being in the real world, uh, oh my God, it was a bit of a slap to the face. Like, I made so many mistakes. I'm still making mistakes. Um, yeah. And, yeah, being, being out of that relationship and in the real world is completely different. It's... And you might, yeah. and you might, because you've lost that tether to this committed relationship that you had you might fall in love with the first person who gives you the time of day. Right. I've definitely felt, I can't say I've fallen in love with anybody, but, you know, I, I definitely have, have attached myself to people who cared or who, who just, get, you know, gave me the, yeah. listened to me, gave me, gave me the light of day. And Jill, after, because we know that Don has been with Linda, but after Linda, who broke his heart, Jill is the first person to come along to treat him like a like a human being yeah and that i think yeah i mean i i, I think that there's some the parent like overprotective parents is definitely and also i think in this movie it's definitely kind of a big part of the problem that he's experiencing um but i think that also society like as having parents who were able to be a little bit more free. I think that my sister, they were more because she needed more things, and I was like, "No, I'm independent. <laughs> Fuck everyone!" Like from like you know, eight, five, maybe ten, and on. Like I was just like, "Yep, this is. I am going to." do my thing and that helped me a lot to like fuck up a lot and that's that's how you raise a child just so everyone knows another PSA <laughs> raise that's how you raise a child let them fuck up um, I mean, <laughs> sure I mean I did my I did my fair share of fucking up when I was a kid when I was a kid and when I was a teenager but I very rarely ever went against the grain or, you know, maybe that's just if you're like a rebel child yeah pretty much I mean, well until I until I left and went to college 
dance. And I got out of the house. And then everything kind of sort of changed. Yeah. And now I'm, you know, I disagree with my parents a lot. I will speak up. You know, I will, um, I'll, I'll make choices that they don't necessarily approve of. I mean, nothing, yeah. nothing that has put my life in danger, but. Right. I mean, I think that, like, that's always a coming of age. I think that's something that all abled people deal with. And I think there's also, you know, a lot of parents with abled children that do not prepare their children for the world. Um, and in some ways, disabled people have at least a little bit more built in because we have, we're just going to experience a lot more mm-hmm. stuff going on. Like, that's that's challenging no matter, like, you just can't be protected from most of it. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. So I think that that, in a way, makes us more resilient. I think it definitely makes mm-hmm. us more resilient as, like, yeah. just on average. Yeah, it, it makes us more resilient, but in, an, an, in another way, it also makes us super vulnerable. Too. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, especially and if, so kind of cancels itself yeah, out. Yeah, it kind of does. Yeah, <laughs> especially if you are willing to trust the first person that shows you affection or treats you. Right, because, I mean, I think like that's, a person. that's the problem with, like, um, just being part of a marginalized group and like mm-hmm. and marginalized like oppressed is probably more yeah more yeah. the kind of thing because it's just like you are yeah you're just more vulnerable well so <laughs> all all of that being said um don's mother shows up uh a day after don and jill have slept together yes and the mom was like i'm gonna be there in two weeks i think a month they a had month. they had a deal he had he had two months um where she couldn't uh, take him home. Take him home. Yep. Because that's she kept. She's the whole time like I'm going to take you back. Mm-hmm. She doesn't want him to be there. She's mad right. at Linda for right. putting all these weird ideas in his head. Right, right. But he's like, give me two months, and I I can show you. I'll I'll prove it to you in two months. So uh, Jill and uh, Jill and Don have their night together, and the next morning, <laughs> uh, Don's mom shows up. Yeah surprising mm-hmm. him but mm-hmm. it is very funny because she's silent at the time um jill's got her underwear again right right um i was just wearing underwear and um and then she like silently opens the door i think the mom or maybe the door's already open she was very quiet i i don't think it was silent but she was she was very quiet but like to the point that as the audience were were supposed to be like oh he doesn't know his mom's there yeah <laughs> but yeah. then he's like hi mom <laughs> yeah <laughs> because he can smell her yes, perfume. Yes, because he can smell her perfume. And all of this after, like, him and Jill. Jill gave him hippie love beads and styled his that. hair differently. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 It's, a so cute, she, it's a cute little scene. It's cute. And then she's, like, very mad about um, this. It did feel super play, like like a play and mm-hmm. that like because they're constantly the characters are leaving <laughs> like she comes in and then there's a lot of like people leaving and yes coming through. okay so good <laughs> you so you noticed that too yeah this movie has blocking so much blocking because it is it's literally like they um they went to a theater and filmed these scenes inside of his apartment i mean i'm if the set is on a soundstage, it's that's a real good soundstage because the the outside looks incredibly convincing. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. But I've seen theater shows that you can do a set so intricate and make it look like you are you can see out the windows for miles. Yeah, it looked like a soundstage to me. Okay, and it probably was. It probably was. It just I guess I just fooled me. Anyway, 
That's okay. So, I've got the film eye. You got the yeah, yeah. play eye. Yeah, but I'm really I I was gonna ask you about that, and then I was like, I don't know, because like block. You might not have heard the term blocking before, but are you kidding me? I grew up with a mom I who's know. a director of plays. I, I don't think I don't think I was five years old. Like now, I, was, <laughs> I don't remember ever not knowing that what that means. Good. Well. <laughs> Well, I'm glad you noticed because I definitely noticed. Yes, they will have a, they'll be sitting down and having a conversation and then someone will get up, usually him or her, and they will go to another part of the room or he will he touches a lot of things. He'll touch his bed or he'll go and touch a wall. I think that's habit for him. Like when he gets yeah. nervous, this is which is is nice to see cuz again it felt real it felt very natural. Yeah. But yeah, no, this movie has a lot of blocking, a lot of sit up, get down. Up, down, up, down, up, down. Walk across the room. Turn around. Not so much that it felt crazy distracting, but there, yeah, there were definitely spots well, where I'm like, because it also is oh. like so specific to the plot too. Because mm-hmm. you have to like have, because you have a blind one blind character, like, and so their movement needs to be really specific, and any change in the setting is going to be really relevant, like, which is something we talk about a lot on this podcast. Um, and then you have other characters who, like, you have Jill and the mom who have like two very different. Um, uh, agendas like coming into that scene like they're basically completely at odds with each other because at this point Jill knows that the mom is very overprotective and kind of is already like is kind of against her just based on like the fact that she's preventing Don from having um, independence and then the mom is just instantly like you like this Goldie <laughs> wearing no clothes like you know this she's very flighty and like and you know is kind of still in some ways like oh he can't you know it's so weird that he's blind you know like she still has that weird like kind of ableist things that can kind of show and so I think for the mom whose ableist things are very different kind of ableist things where she's like maybe overprotective but at least is not like feeling like he she's well she's not surprised by it obviously but you know they they have very different conceptions of the blindness thing and so and there's also like a class difference and the fact that like she um the mom is very judgmental of the of jill and her relationships like um and even her mom's relationships which is kind of silly to judge her mom yeah she sees jill as not good enough for her son basically because yeah jill's had has this sort of past and you know and i feel like you see at the beginning like it feels very mean spirited with the mom but then like later on it feels it kind of like you kind of get it turns a corner and you're like oh like she cares this is coming from an actual place of love in a way that like Mm -hmm. she really just doesn't she does not want him to get hurt and that that is actually more of the motive than anything else and like because it it feels so just like you know kind of unempathetic and cold at the beginning and I did like that you kind of turn mm -hmm. a corner and you really see oh this is not coming from a place of just being like oh you know fuck you hippie girl it's really coming from a place of like I don't want to see my son like depend on someone who's not going to be there for him exactly who's just who's just going to leave right uh, and Which is like a real. That's a. I mean, that feels like oh, a good totally. concern to have, you know. I I love it when a play makes me hate or be really off put. Uh, be off. Uh, feel off putting. Have a feeling of being off off put by a character, and then by the end of the play, 
you're in that character's corner or you might not like that character, but you understand yeah. why they are the way they are and why they are why the motivations are the way they are. And it co- yeah, it comes from like a place of just feeling very like that their agenda comes from a genuine place mm-hmm. where you can mm-hmm. maybe relate entirely to what they care about us, yep. but maybe not what the conclusions they come to yeah. are. Like, yeah, I really like that, too. I like that in real life, too. Well, yeah, and um, <laughs> the, the play How I Learned to Drive is a really great example of that. Does uh, that have a blind character? It's probably not. No, unfortunately. <laughs> no, not a blind character. It has a pedophile, though. Oh, no. Yeah, and you are... you Obviously, you don't come to love the, the pedophile by the end of the play. You, you never could. But... You come to understand him a little bit better, yeah. which is really interesting, and that's not something I thought I would feel at all at the at the end of that play. Anyway, but yeah, there's that's out that's easily uh, found if you ever want to read that. How I learned to drive, but this play, I, seriously, I'm gonna buy a copy of this and read it because I'm I'm very 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 curious. Also, um, I would love to play Don. I know I thought that too. Yep, I would um and. Like, just, you could either gender swap Jill for James, or... I, I'd prefer to play it with just Dawn and Jill. Yeah. Donna and Jill. I mean, it's very easy. I would just, I mean, yeah, I would just be a guy, because that feels more natural to me. <laughs> I mean, I, I've played men before. I could totally play it as a man, but I would personally if i had my say i'd rather play it as a woman well yeah i mean that's entirely gender identity which i'm not gonna tell you what your gender identity <laughs> is and we fucked up yeah um but <laughs> no no it's I, I get that but yeah this is definitely on one of my parts i'd like to play lists yeah no i thought about that too definitely because i think you you just never see blind characters that are just are have a lot of confidence are able to talk about their blindness in a very frank way and like also just because i think that that's that's something i do and i think i've had so many people in my life be really shocked by how matter of fact i can be about stuff and just be like this is it this is what's going on like this is and like you know, maintaining that sense of like, kind of putting the the weirdness onto the other person, as opposed to needing to absorb it into my identity. Um, and I think that that like is so nice to see because you just don't see blind characters that are that are written that way because there is always a lot of like that. You know the the shadow of a sighted person kind of on the character, and that there's so much projection of like what a blind person would want, or like what blind how we think, or just that or that we just spend any time thinking about being sighted. <laughs> you know, like when everything that he's thinking about is just so you know it's just the normal stuff of like love and you know parent relationship, you know things that all of us have to deal with and then on top of that like just kind of how you're interacting with the world but not it's just not thinking about how other people interact with the world you know because he has to count steps and like that's Mm -hmm. you know that's taking up too much cognitive energy to like bother worrying about what a sighted person how their experience is which i feel like so many blind characters are just like what would it be like to see you (laughs) you know yeah no i mean don never wants to don never wants vision even though jill is like oh don't you wish don't you wish you could I wish you could see. And she's just like, I, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't need to. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. fine. 
it's fine that I don't. I can function in this in this world. It's it's fine. And then he also has to deal with an overprotective mom and then kind of like and you know, in, instead of totally internalizing that, which I feel like can be very easy to do when you feel like it's like, oh, I can't handle things because like, and he does a monologue about like, I can't do this job. I can't do this job. And like he says, I can't be a delivery person. I can't be a photographer. I can't be like, you know, and he does the thing that I've been to do before where it's like, yeah, it's, I'm a very capable person, but here's all the ways in which I'm not going to be able to get hired doing something. Mm -hmm. And I think that that like, the fact that he's very that even though he's very like frank about that aspect of it he still doesn't internalize it as his value either which is in and i don't know maybe the reagan era really made this worse when we went into just a more horrible capitalism kind of vibe and so maybe it is just like it was actually better in the 70s to not be be able to work um (laughs) so that could be part of it but um but i think like capitalism just tells you your worth at least at this point in our country's history yeah your worth your worth is equated to how much you make how much how much money do you do you bring in right right and if you can't get a job or if you can only get very low wage jobs then that just makes you less valuable in the eyes of the kind of society powers that mm -hmm. be. And people just assume that you're not happy in your work or you're not happy with your life. And although I can't say everyone is happy, I think a lot of people, you do what you, you do what you love. Yeah. And and I mean, and then it's also just so arbitrary what you get paid to do. (laughs) Yeah. Like Uh, this. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. So I, I mean, I loved all of that. All that stuff with him and and um and just how the characters I mean really he <laughs> I guess no he they he learned a lesson. He learned like um to kind of what did he learn actually? I know, I was I was like, <laughs> hang on. I feel like did he did, he? but did he? Did he? Um he learned I if he learned anything, I suppose he learned uh to be resilient. Yeah. And don't give up just because you fail and you fail again. You're going to fail multiple times. Right. But you have to keep going. Now, granted, his mother helped him come to that conclusion. And that lesson didn't help when Jill comes running back to him, which I was a bit kind of like, eh, I don't know. I was like, if this were made in, if this were a European film, she'd have been gone and you'd never see her again. But because this is an American film, she comes back. She comes running back. Yeah, it's hard because it's... Which I'm glad because, oh my God, the other guy was a sleaze yeah, yeah, bag. Because that's something we haven't fully... Yeah, well, I guess we right. haven't talked about him So, so Jill, Jill is an actress and the, the, the there's a, an audition she's going on in the film. And she's going to audition for this play um, done by this avant-garde theater company or something. Uh, the Cosmic project i think is what is what they call them definitely cosmic something something. anyway but yeah 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 so meanwhile um she has planned on going on having dinner with don at the apartment uh and they have a bet that the mom will say (laughs) right right yeah and that's why they're having dinner is because jill wins the bet uh because she the mom finds don's bathtub under the table and wants to cry and she says if i was oh if i lived here i would cry yeah, yeah, which was something that he, Don was like, she's going to say this at some yep. point. Yeah, it was all so cute. Um, so they decide to have dinner at their apartment. And 
At seven. At seven thirty. Yeah. Or yeah. Um. Anyway. Next, and so she doesn't show up. Basically, right. we cut to ten thirty or what? However, what what time it was? Yeah, I think it was ten thirty. Yeah, and everything is laid out. They've got candles. They've got food. And the mom's still there, even and though the she was supposed to be there. gone. Mm-hmm. And Jill hasn't shown up. And so they're um, prostrating over uh, what, why, or why she could be so late, or why she doesn't show up. She doesn't show up. So Jill walks in with Ralph, who is the director of this play. Who is comes off as just a total a douche. douche. Yeah. yeah. A total douche who just wants to control Jill. Well, not only that, the the play that he's doing, um, she wasn't right for the for the wife's part, which is the part she wanted. But he made her a secretary. And in the play, the secretary gets naked. And so he auditioned all of these women he's and so he, smart, he's me. so gross. And he auditioned all of these women and they all had to get naked for him. And of course, we're watching this in the age of Me Too, so it's just like, oh no, mirror, yeah. mirror, bad, awful person alert. And you know, the mom obviously can see right through him. And Don, and so could Don, so could Don, yes. But, but he also would have theoretically alter- ulterior motives to be mad <laughs> about him, mm-hmm. even if he wasn't a douchebag. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Don just is kind of he shuts down. Basically, which is yeah. is a real is a real reaction. I mean, if I were in this situation, I probably yeah, would have do? done the same thing. Yeah. yeah. So he just kind of shuts down. And um, oh, God, then Jill, Jill makes him makes Don touch Ralph's face, which is so terrible because the first time uh, him oh and Jill are intimate face touching. There's so much. Fa- well, no, that it's it's kind of cute, though, because the first time they were <laughs> intimate, funny. parts of her are falling off. Like he touches her, her, oh, right. her. Well, in this movie, it's called a fall, but basically it's a weave. But her part of her wig comes off and he freaks out. <laughs> and then her fake eyelash comes off and he freaks out. It's like, yeah. how much of you is fake? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but but then, you know, touching and then they get intimate and whatever well no the the one the funny thing i remember is that she did she like just is like this is my breast oh yeah 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 that's 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 my breast yeah yeah <laughs> and then i was like oh okay i know what's where this is going and yes it went there but so, it was kind of fun because it does feel like to me i'm like the face touching is so dumb but i thought that that was kind of funny and then it's just like this is it feels more like just an excuse to like touch someone (laughs) and so just the fact that she like did that it just i I don't know it to me i thought that's what it was yeah that's what it was stupid it was an excuse for them to get to touch each other (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and it's yeah it's just being very um and then she yeah and then she took that beautiful thing that they had and was like here touch this asshole's face and you know of course he doesn't he does not want to do it. No, no, yeah. no, no. Um, so Jill announces that she is moving out of her dingy apartment with Ralph to go live with him. And um, it, thanks. It was really nice what we had, but I, I should go. I just should go. And, of course, uh, Don is, rightly so, is devastated uh, yeah. by this. It's completely out of the field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And um, for so so is his mom for the for the most part. And Don, in the reverse scene wh- where we saw him with his mother, where she was angry and had suitcases and trying to force him out, it's um, the roles are reversed. The, the roles are reversed. And Don just decides, you know what, I'm done. Yeah. Obviously, I can't do it. 
No one, no one will love me and, and I'm done. And then this is when, I mean, the mom makes a complete 180 and although it seems like it comes from out of nowhere it it does make sense yeah yeah i mean Um, all of the because there is a lot of like very like fast like left turns in the mm -hmm. like sharp left turns in the movie but each one it feels very genuine to the characters Mm -hmm. like it it does actually make sense given the characters things and like And in the situation, like, it's set up to make sense. But there are a lot of, like, when people change, it's real big. So Don kind of flips out and decides that uh, he's done. Yeah. He's done. He wants to leave. Yep. He might as well come back home with his mom. And he's had enough. Um, and she was right. Yeah. She, he tells her that she was right. And that's when this when the mom has this beautiful, amazing epiphany. And says, you can't come home. You have to stay. You have to keep going. I feel like she, I'm trying, I feel like she kind of like knows that. Yeah. After I, meeting with Jill. Yeah. I don't remember her exact words, but she, she tells him why she wrote the children's books. Right. Right. Which is kind of like the, the dissonance between the cognitive dissonance that she has from the beginning of like she writes these ridiculous like stories ridiculous in how much the you know blind person's able to achieve but then she kind of holds back him in in real life i i don't know exactly if it's stated but i i kind of felt like she had already decided she she wanted him to stay yeah i i think after jill Yes, I think during and after the the Ralph situation. Oh, because I was thinking before, um, like, just before, like, when they're waiting for her. Oh, okay. I I didn't get that vibe. I definitely felt she was more in the I told you so vein. Like, this is another woman that is going to leave you and isn't and is going to do the same thing that Linda did. And I'll just wait this out and you will come back to me. And then we'll go home and everything will be okay. Does she, oh, does she say that she, we'll wait it out and go, because I feel like at that point she's, she like is her wanting him to go home with her kind of turns into like just generally worrying about his happiness, but not, yeah, but yeah. no longer thinking that he's better off. Right. But Obvi- I don't know though. Obviously she wants him to be happy, but the, the answer is not him coming back home well and she hears his song he's recorded the song that he wrote about butterflies are free yeah which we haven't really talked about the song yeah um yeah he in the in the movie he's when after he meets jill and they talk about the quote butterflies are free he has been working on a song uh, yeah he melts that into a song right and you hear little snippets of it uh throughout the movie and then his mom happens to turn the radio on I think just to break this the horrible silence or the his tape recorder and there's a recording of him playing the song and she admits that uh it's really good it's pretty good yeah she says yeah because at first she's like um upset because he's like I just want to be a musician right she's like that's not gonna pay the bills right and she and he's like look if it doesn't work out i'll be a doctor i'll be a lawyer i'll go to technology or not a doctor i'll be a lawyer i'll be i'll go to technology school lists off all these careers you know that a blind person could totally do 
Well, he, the real guy, was a lawyer and a musician. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the similarities. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so she hears the song and realizes that he has a gift and that he's very talented and, at that moment, very capable. And, at that moment, he should be his own person. And even though he is struggling right now, this is life. Right. And he's not going to change or grow if he comes back home with her and so they have a really sweet little scene about after she makes him feel better about getting dishes and drapes and sprucing up the apartment and she says I'll be back tomorrow and we'll talk about it and uh, she leaves and he and then Don um, falls into an incredibly depressive episode this was really sad Uh, I mean obviously and very, very well acted. I mean, I, I believed it. I was heartbroken. Yeah. Because he was so upset. Right. Well, breakups are yeah, oh, really yeah. hard. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, he he loses track of where he is in his own house, basically. Like, this place that's supposed to be so safe. Right. You know? And he trips and falls. Because there's, like, um, a few times where he gets disoriented during all of that because he's like unable to count which mm. I, I like that I love that a lot it's like kind of that being kind of illuminating how much cognitive work goes into blindness and how much your emotional state like the cascading effects that has on your ability to function and and I really love that because that's very that's so true and it I feel like everyone's perceptions are so like affected by emotions but for disabled people it's just especially if you have a perception disability like you know it's it just becomes um pronounced in a way that you're just more aware of it um but I really I love that a lot as a way of like it's also it is kind of like filmic I guess it's also play I mean it's something that they would both have in common because it's more of a performance thing oh yeah but like the you know that that way of kind of materializing and in inner struggle which is something that like in filmmaking you're constantly like how do we do this right you know how do we make this like whereas internal struggle external yeah whereas on on a stage and in the film it was very impactful but on the stage I think it would be even more so because it is just you in a room with this man who is falling apart and it's uncomfortable and it's devastating yeah. And that's kind of the beauty and the magic of theater. You, through his performance, you are going to feel things. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's very, you really, it's very easy to relate to the whole, mm-hmm. yeah, the whole movie. And then. Yeah. But he doesn't have to feel things for too long. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because. Which, man, is, it is kind of like one of those things where it's like, I wish this was like real life where people who have commitment <laughs> issues like realize they have commitment issues and don't just go their entire life doing dumb shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just from my experience <laughs> with people with commitment issues. <laughs> just like, I'm kind of a, maybe a little bit of an angst grind. Sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but Jill, Jill basically has an epiphany and she explains it by saying um, she experienced shadow vision. Yeah, which that was cute. It was cute. It was cute. Um, but and she, that the thing in her way is yeah, Ralph. Yeah, is Ralph. Yeah, I'm like, oh, thank God. Hallelujah, girl. Yeah. You are about to make a terrible, 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 terrible decision. 
And I feel like she realizes this in, and it's not even that he like does something specifically like, I think it's just him being him, but it's like that position of like, kind of, cause she comes up and he's like, have a sandwich before. And it's just the two of them. Right. And she clearly doesn't want to go, doesn't, doesn't want to move out, didn't want to do any of these things. And he knows he can sense it. And he's just like, why won't you admit it? Why won't you say, not even say you love me, but why won't you just say that you don't, you don't want to go with Ralph. You right, right. Do it's this like thing. about Ralph. Like yeah, you. yeah. Like wh- why, why are we making this about Ralph when it's actually uh, about her? And she is, again, it's all about ter- being terrified of commitment. She's afraid to give up her freedom. Yeah. Because, and, and that's something he brings up too. You, you'll just be attached to me. Right, and that feeling that, like, you have um, a, yeah, that that commitment is a something um, well, that, that it'll that's be, so specific to. Yeah, that, that it won't be a relationship with two equal parties who are in love. It will become a, a caretaking relationship right, right. where she's just Which here, is the fear of all you know. disabled people in relationships. Mm-hmm. Like, on the disabled side. Mm-hmm. Like, because no one wants that. <laughs> no one anyone wants, because then there's a power dynamic that's bad. Well, yeah, I mean, there are people that have excellent relationships with their caretakers, but, you know, they don't... Well, like, uh, not, like, romantic relationships. No, no, just no, like, working they relationships. Just, yeah, 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 but that's yeah. a working relationship, and it's, right. like... In the power dynamics, you know, it's like, it's like dating a boss. Like, that's mm-hmm. not, you're not, like, that's just a fucked up thing. The boss is, do, you know, mm-hmm. like, the power is not okay in that right, situation. Right. And the same as, like, if a partner becomes more of a caretaker. And, you know, maybe later on in life when you're both, you know, when someone's, like, becoming disabled and an older age, then it kind of makes a little bit. But the more you're in a caretaker position, I mean, Yeah. Just the degrees of that. And I guess theoretically, you know, women historically have had a lot less privilege, too. And so in straight relationships with, you know, a woman might feel, um, you know, depending on the situation, like a woman might have less power or it could be full on abusive, you know, right, or the per- right. or the in the hetero relationship of a guy is using that power to control the woman. Um you know, so there's all those dynamics, and I think, but with disabled people, there's that's a big concern, and I feel like that's like especially even just like in uh, abusive relationships, like and maybe that's yeah, and maybe that's what Jill was afraid of being tied down to someone, and da- and Don felt the same, tying her down to him, and then none of neither of them were free. Yeah. But if they if they truly love each other, then they are equal parts in this relationship and that's what makes them free right and that it's not that just like being like that he's so capable in ways i mean granted like like having a disabled man and in a relationship with a woman <laughs> then at least the power dynamics are a little more even you can't they can be sometimes um because you both have like less societal power in certain situations I, yeah i i suppose i mean i i don't think the first thing i think about in a relation in a good in a good healthy relationship is who has the power you well, know i get where you're coming from i mean a healthy relationship no one should have the power that's right. kind of Every, idea. everyone is equal yeah right right coming from the sign of <laughs> 
I think working with survivors mm. of domestic violence, this is, that's where my brain goes. I'm kind of sadly directed in that angle when I think about this stuff. Um, but, like, it is, um, I think, the societal dynamics of power mm-hmm. can make it so that, you know, like we are saying before, the vulnerability of someone in, in a relationship is... Like, I think in a lot of male survivors, I feel like are disabled because like that, like, you know, having that extra um, lack of um, societal power of of autonomy. Right. And that's like one of the few ways I feel like where like even in a hetero relationship, a man can be the one who's being abused if they're disabled like that's it's you know this is not laws but it's just like a trend right well when you have to rely on somebody for something right which is like how women can be controlled Mm -hmm. as well if if like they're having to rely on a financial support um so you know and there's there's many different scenarios and combinations but like you know i think that there's that concern and I think that even very like people who don't want to exert that power and are not coming from a place of wanting to abuse someone sometimes they'll get I think scared of being in a relationship with a disabled person because there's a sense of like I don't Mm want to be I don't want to find that I'm controlling this person well and you feel and as an able-bodied person you might feel bad if you if the relationship doesn't work out and you leave this person right right especially if they're dependent on you Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which is no, it's, it's hard. It's so it's, hard. It's all sorts of it's all sorts of hurdles and a maze to navigate. I mean, we don't um, we don't see the the rest of of uh, Dawn and Jill's relationship in in the film or in the Do play. Do you think they're yeah. gonna make it? You know, I was thinking that as the credits were rolling. Um, the the very optimistic part of me thinks that that thinks that they're gonna make it. Hopes that they that they make it. Given the relationship and Jill's personality, I think if anyone was to end it, well, definitely first for real, it would be her. Absolutely, absolutely. I think for me, I think given if you take everything in the movie as like what as the text, like what actually happened, I think they would make it just because I think the fact that she comes back, I don't think would necessarily usually happen in real life. I think that she was at the point where she was going to just run away. And well, I think in real life, people are more likely to just run away at that point. True, <laughs> true. But I mean, she, her intuition kicked in. Right. But that's what know? I mean. I think that that was like a point of change. Because I think that like, if you are, if, I mean, yeah, you can always get to a point where you might have had an epiphany and then it's kind of like something happens and you kind of revert back um, to to old ways. So that's definitely probably is a consideration. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> all, yeah. all in all, all it's in hard. all, yeah. In the end, uh, they they end up together and they're both they are both happy and it just kind of ends with them. She comes running back in and, and they end up, she finds him on the floor and picks him up and uh, they hug and that's it. Yeah. And they're together. Well, credits. Basically. Yeah. Literally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's Butterflies Are Free. Yes. Yep. Are we going to uh, <laughs> rate this puppy? Yeah. Do some blindness security tests. Mm-hmm. Um, so... In this segment, we rate the movies based on a <laughs> scale of 
2020 being a very not blind oriented movie only sighted people involved 2200 legally blind anything above 2200 very very blind centered blind positive super blind super not Su- not super, super crit not blind, super crit but, but super blind just super yeah. blind like super lots of blindness blind. yeah. yeah um so I, we never like have a, a system where we like switch off or something. Mm, I, it just is. I what feel it is. like I explain <laughs> it and then I and then I go to you. Do you <laughs> want me to start this time? Sure, you start. Yeah, just to mix it up a little yeah, bit. Yeah, go for it. Um, uh, I am gonna give this movie a twenty four hundred because I feel really good about it. I think that it it truly used blindness as. Like, it truly came from that perspective, and it used it in a way that it felt so centered around this, and it didn't shy away from, like, the actual issues that we deal with all the time, um, and and using those dynamics to, like, create, kind of, I mean, it is kind of a coming-of-age story um, that is so genuine and also just really incorporated a lot of, like real things that in very believable ways how someone would interact and also the ways they'd be limited and then um just it it felt very um I mean just having a very confident character um was really nice to see and um the fact that it just it felt very centered around his experiences um and not around sighted, like the need to be sighted. And, and even the characters that we saw, characters who had like a- ableism that society had given to them. And then we still really cared about those characters, but the idea of the movie was to kind of <laughs> make fun of them being ridiculous when they were very, when they had these ableist beliefs. And then we got to watch them like kind of come to reality. And I feel like that was a very nice thing to see of like we didn't you know and we were having trouble even fully because I think it is a coming of age story for Don but like his view on blindness didn't even need to change because he was the one who was like this is it this is the (laughs) this is I, I know what I am and I don't you know feel like I have to figure that part out but it's more just like kind of the romantic stuff that maybe was you know, and just like and the independence, but it was it didn't feel like he um like it was really about him figuring anything out. It was much more about him kind of be the people around him figuring things out. Um so yeah, I really I really thought this was a good a good blind representation. <laughs> Thanks mom for suggesting it. Yeah, what a wonderful pick. Um yeah, Melissa. Yes, I'm not gonna take too long. I'm obviously I'm giving it a twenty four hundred. I knew when I, I knew when I sat down that's what I was going to give it. Nice. Yeah, and basically reiterating um Yeah. Um, <laughs> basically reiterating the same pretty much the same reasons you did. Uh this is a wonderful story, a very intimate story about a character who knows who they are and has to go through challenges and fails but keeps going and I I thought it was a really wonderful uh, physically a uh, very good representation of a blind uh, of a blind person I mean the actor um, 
in a lot of the conversations that he and and Jill Goldie Hawn's character would have, he wasn't looking at her. Yeah. And that is so important. It's just the little things like that 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 made me completely buy that he is blind. And I'm I again didn't do my research. I'm not sure if uh, if the actor is blind. I don't. I don't, I don't think, think he is. is. But he's no. based off a real character, yeah. a real yeah. person, so I mm-hmm. guess get points for that. So maybe, yeah, maybe he talked, I'm sure he talked with the gentleman that this is based off of. And yeah. they talked about mannerisms and behaviors yeah. and stuff. Because, I mean, honestly, you could have fooled me. Yeah, it is really the best performance we've had so far, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, I, for that, yeah, 2400, highly, highly, highly recommend yeah the film and or the play right well we we need to read it but it is like a lot mm-hmm. of the same people did mm-hmm. the play like i think actually he played the role in both um, oh really i believe okay. so that that doesn't that. that does not surprise me uh and then having goldie hahn play the 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 play jill because she was like the it girl right 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 yeah. she's kind of like the star power she's gotta have, gotta have yeah, a star yeah, yeah. well um, and the 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 woman who played um mom she won a supporting oscar right that year for, yeah, the, she, for her work in the film that's the one oscar yeah. that, that yeah. i mean one. she's great i mean all these you know th- th- we have our three main characters so performances all around were fantastic yeah and each i mean each actor had a lot to do so that mm-hmm. definitely yeah yeah made it feel like you got a really good good sense um yeah so nice recommend go watch yeah definitely we can definitely recommend it as a um learn more about blind people Mm -hmm. in your life movie (laughs) blind Um, people approved yes yes indeed i rent uh, i I think we both rented it on itunes um i think i did on amazon okay i on itunes but yeah you can you can rent it i don't think it's streaming anywhere no, moment, it's just rentable mm-hmm. on different platforms. Mm-hmm. And I imagine you probably get a DVD. Oh, I'm sure you could. There's yeah. also another movie that's about the same, that's based off the same guy, his biography, that's like oh. a made-for-TV movie that apparently is not available on any, like, I couldn't, apparently it doesn't even have like a DVD, but it is, I <laughs> think, wah, all wah. on YouTube. <laughs> so oh, fantastic. Okay, I think we can actually watch it. Do you it. have a title? Oh, yeah. So it's called To Race the Wind. Um, so, yeah. So that, um, I think that pretty much sums it up. And yeah, maybe we'll come back to his story. Um, mm-hmm. But definitely. Yeah. Um, so uh, the next thing. For next week that we want that we're gonna do is sort of not a full announcement, but we're gonna do a couple more episodes of C. So yes, we'll... yeah, I'm super excited. We watched uh, episodes two, one and two on the first uh, uh, podcast that we did yeah. about C, and now we're watching episodes three and four. So if you just started listening, at least go back and listen to that other C episode. And C is available on Apple TV Plus, which is on any. Uh, any and all Apple devices, and if you recently bought a new uh, Apple device, you um, were given 90 days free. So that's how I'm watching oh, it. But nice. yeah. Oh, so we should probably get on this. Make sure we get all of them. <laughs> in, in 90 days. Yeah. 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 Or, I'm sorry, not 90 days. I was given a year free. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't have to worry about this until next year. Um, well, then never yeah, mind. but the the show is available on Apple TV Plus. Yeah, and we'll be watching them since three and four. We'll see how. Well, yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> We'll see, we'll see. We'll see, we'll see, we'll see. (laughs) 
that sounded like Matthew McConaughey. Um, <laughs> oh my God, yes. <laughs> um, so now we're gonna say our um, uh, thing that we're enjoying. The thing that's what's uh, what's dope this week. Yeah, what's dope this week? What's dope this week. Um, you should start because I still have not fully thought of mine. Oh, great. Okay, cool. Uh, what's dope this week for me is um, my ukulele. I one of my improv friends it got a ukulele for cheap, like right before quarantine started, and he is learning how to play uh, songs, but he's also learning chords so that he can write his own songs. Oh, and he's written a a bunch of really cool ones. Uh, Anything can kill you is super fun. They're all they're all it's about true. yes, they're all about germs and quarantine. Uh, oh, we right. we we think this is going to be his quarantine album because it, it's That's, awesome. I'm sure that there is will be. Thousands and thousands of hours of quarantine oh, albums. I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. So, um, jealous person that I am, uh, <laughs> I decided I want to do that. So I bought a uh, ukulele, and uh, I'm learning how to play it. I can play "You Are My Sunshine" and "Lean on Me." Nice. Mm-hmm. Lean on me when, when you're, you're not, not strong. strong. I'll be your there. friend. Yeah. So that's fun. It's been it's been a lot of fun. It's definitely a very slow process. I was <laughs> like, man, I just want to get on this thing and jam, but I got to learn chords first. And I have a whole slew of songs I want to learn how to play. So yeah, my ukulele Motivation. is yes. So my ukulele is what's dope this week. Nice. For me. That's so that's that's awesome. Um, mine. Um, my cool thing for the week or my dope thing um is i've been meditating for many years now um and it's like a thing where i have like a streak which really helps me to keep doing it like because not breaking a streak is a very good motivator for me <laughs> um and uh i'm like at 1500 i think days in a row oh my god or like nice. past them, i think i could only ever get like a week if that <laughs> i'm terrible it's a it's definitely like especially once you get higher and it's partly my personality but it is definitely has helped me so much to um like have something that it, is accountable so that it's like as it gets more and more i'm just like oh now it's a much bigger deal if i break the streak and that's that's you know helped i guess it works and that i'm at like 1500 days um but i guess i'm sort of reticent to talk about i don't know i like it it's a it is a weird thing because like i know there's a lot of like performative (laughs) meditating and so I'm always very, like, timid about it, I guess. Um, but it is, like, something that I think has really helped me in my life. So I guess coming from the perspective of, like, sharing that it is very accessible these days. And um, if it's something that, you know, people uh, find would be helpful, then I think it's a cool thing to know about. Um, but also no judgment. <laughs> That's not your deal. But um, the app I use is called Headspace. It's one of the main apps. Um, but it's, there's like, you can do a lot of different packs of like for different things, um, kind of categories of things like creativity or self-esteem or something. That's the two that I'm doing right now. Um, but, um, but yeah, I just, it is a, it's a nice part of my day and it's helped me to kind of, uh, just 
reorder how my brain works and i'm very thankful to meditation for that <laughs> that's my <Nice>. thing <laughs> that sounds that sounds pretty dope to me yeah um so yeah i i think that's that's about it we we have a little bit of credits our theme song is by lucia fasano if you would like to tweet at us you can tweet at us at white cane pod if you want to check out our awesome instagram with the descriptions of all the pictures we post at citizen white cane if you want to check us out on facebook or like us you can just do that at citizen white cane um is on facebook and you can even send us an email at citizen white cane pod at gmail.com um and if you would like to send us a voice message um there is a link in the show notes definitely do that have you seen butterflies every before and are you a butterfly and do you like being free um do you have you seen the play or been in the play um i don't know do you think san francisco is the same as new york just whenever <laughs> have a movie that you want us to talk about those are the options for this week now <laughs> um, perfect but you can do any of those things um and we, we would love to hear from you yeah um and then of course rate review and subscribe please do please do tell your friends and we will see everybody next week see, see, see what i did there <laughs> okay bye, bye. <laughs>